Hey, welcome back. Week two of 2018. Great to see you again here at the Stadium View on Holmgren Way. Just a stone's throw from Lambeau Field. We've got a big show for you tonight. How about 51 points big over the Pittsburgh Steelers? Ow! Last Thursday night was that crazy. Point-a-minute offense for the Green Bay Packers. Big because Robinson's uh, is back with uh, their special giveaway. Somebody's going to go shopping up the street at the Packer Pro Shop. Yes, the big gift card returns. And it's big because we've got the lids. New Era has come through again. The boys from Buffalo, New York. I want to thank Kyle McGowan and his crew at New Era for sending us the Packer sideline hats. We've got home and away versions this year. Here's the home one we're giving away tonight. Oh, yeah. And the general manager of the Packers, Brian Gutekunst, is going to be on board as our special guest tonight. A rather large show indeed. Alongside, as usual, big for him because I'm keeping him away from his denouement softball game tonight. That's right. He already wrapped up the title. He doesn't have to play tonight at 6. That's right. Matt Z alongside. Hello, Matt Hello, Z. hello, hello. Thanks for giving up the glove and the, sh and uh, the, and the shoes tonight. Don't mind me. I'm just enthralled with Duck Dynasty oh, here. It's, stop it. Turn those TVs I off. I got this big screen in front of me. I got to see what, what Duck Dynasty is all about. All right, Z. Big win over the Steelers. Yeah, that was nice. A lot of offense and some big plays on defense. Yes. Tremont Williams. We'll hear about Jackson. a bunch of them in a minute. Uh, I'm just a little nervous about a, a couple of things, and that is – I don't think the preferred starting offensive line has taken a snap yet in training camp. Right. And right. it doesn't look like they will now that Justin McCray's sitting and probably won't go this week. Uh, defensively, now you get Nick Perry coming out of the doghouse. He's off the pup list, which is good news, and he'll start working his way back into it. Uh, and there's still a lot of moving parts as Mike Pettin learns his system, and there's been, quite honestly, some yeah, breakdowns uh, here and there. Steelers are a very good running team. Creased him pretty good there. Uh, and they got caught with 10 men on the field. So these kinds of things have got to get worked out. You've got two games left to do it. And now only two public practices left to do it. A very yeah. brief finish to camp coming up. You see this in preseason now, especially when it comes to tackling. I mean, you talk about in that first quarter just getting gashed on the run. There was missed tackle after missed tackle, poor form, those sorts of things. That happens in the first few weeks of preseason because these guys – don't get to do that in practices. I know. You know, you just don't get to work on those techniques in live fire situations. So you're going to expect that. You just hope that they clean it up, look at the film, get back to basics with that sort of a thing. That and they will. They yeah. will. And they will. They will. But it sure was fun uh, last uh, Thursday night when the Packers Nice to uh, see Rodgers return. Aaron's uh, yeah, return, brief one series, but did a little bit of everything in that yeah. series. Uh, he uh, ducked under an oncoming defensive end uh he made a nice little run uh he uh drew a man off sides he's very good at that he had a freebie hit Devonte adams and then the connection everybody's waiting to see we won't have to wait any much any longer he found jimmy graham for the touchdown and away they go i know you and i have talked about this you know off air different programs very excited to see what rogers graham and lewis can do that sort of that three-headed monster with the twin towers at your tight end position, and then Rodgers who can find those guys down oh, the seam, spread Adam, out Adams, wide. Cobb, Adams, know, Adams and Cobb, Adams and on the outs. This passing yeah. game, this this has the makings of as, as an explosive offense. Gee, since the last time, Joe if Fielder everybody was stays here. healthy, yeah, yeah. If, I if think everyone so. stays healthy, and that's always the key. I mean, that that sort of statement gets beaten to death, but it is crucial in the NFL. You need your top guys to remain healthy all season long. All right, so we'll have our fun and games. Hot and cold plays are back tonight. We got the door prize at the end of the show, so make sure you sign up for that. But let's take you back a few nights to Lambeau Field for the 69th edition of the Upper Midwest Shrine Game. Nice to see the Fez. 
crowd back in Lambeau. It used to be a lot more fun at County Stadium. They had the 20-man bicycle and the clowns and the balloons. Well, they still have the balloons. But Why can't New Era hook us up with the Fez hats I don't know. Of the should, yeah, lids. we should ask him for the Fez next year. But, uh, yeah, anyway, great to have the Shriners back. That's one of the oldest charity games in the NFL preseason's history, I believe. Yep. Uh, and, anyway, it was another fun night as the Packers get the win. As we start every show, we go back to the locker rooms. It'll be a lot more fresh when the games are on Sunday and the show's on Monday. But we got to go back to Thursday to hear from head coach Mike McCarthy, who is now 2-for-2. Two with 82 points scored, just plenty not to you know, be excited about. I think I think the trajectory of the football team is we're on a good path, but by no means are we. You know, we, we have a lot of work to do. It's like anything in this business; it's never as good as you think it is, and it's and it's usually not as bad as you think it is. No, never as good, never as bad. I agree. It is what it is. They made a lot of plays. There's no question about it. We talked about Aaron making his preseason debut. But, you know, he was a little different. He got all mushy in his old age after the game. First, I got to thank the fans. To be back on Lambeau uh, was a thrill. And the ovation uh, touched me. You know, I, I had to kind of wipe away some tears in my eyes. Uh, I know getting over 30, those of, of us over 30, I think that's kind of a number where you start to get a little... Uh, softer maybe and, and uh, things get to you a little bit but that really meant a lot to me uh, had to settle myself down a little bit yeah he only had a series to settle down but he got settled down yeah I, I knew Danica was gonna turn him into a crying mess really I just knew it really yeah go daddy I think I think Olivia hardened him as a oh. man <laughs> and now Danica's just breaking him oh, back down softening him back down <laughs> all right but that was his first preseason game at Lambeau Field I didn't realize this since 2004 it's been a long time holy cow long time he doesn't get many snaps, and he may not get any more this week. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. All four quarterbacks did make plays, a collective rating of 121.6. Deshaun Kaiser threw a pair of TDs and said it got better. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you, know you take it one, one play at a time, and, and those drives were, you know, the first couple drives were uh, just trying to get the timing of the defense, uh, understanding, uh, you know, where my depth is. You know, you always got to be aware of that, making sure you're stepping up in the pocket. Uh, but once again, it's about stringing together positive plays, and, and those you know, last couple drives were exactly how we want the ball to move. Through some nice throws, a uh, little shorty to a tight end, and then the long one we'll hear about in a minute. Brett Hundley, he did his thing coming in as the second QB. He didn't throw for one, but he ran for 10 yards and a touchdown, and he thought everything was a little bit cleaner. We played a heck of a game. Um, we had some fun. Uh, Aaron got out there, got things rolling. Uh, I got in there for a little bit, and we moved the ball. And, uh, you know, scored a touchdown, got some uh, got some things done with my legs tonight and, uh, and with the arm. And, you know, and uh, to move the ball like that on their, their one defense was uh, awesome. Yeah, Steelers. Known for defense, Morgan Burnett playing defense for the Steelers. Morgan made some plays. Good to see Morgan at the ball game again. But they sure did pile up the yards and the plays again. And the big play, hey, guess who? Jake Kumaro did it again. This time an 82-yard catch and run score. Yeah, I just caught the ball and turned around and saw a lot of open field in front of me. And I saw he was the only guy back there. So I just ran straight at him, tried to skinny him up and give myself a two-way go. And uh, just the reaction was the dip inside of him. And I just took off after that. Uh, we got to tell him to forget about the Lambo lunge and just do the Lambo <laughs> leap because diving into the end zone, he suffered a stinger on his shoulder. Yeah, uh, didn't practice today, but I think he'll be fine. And he sure has been fine with the two biggest offensive scores so far this preseason. And even the defense got into the act with a pair of pick sixes. Tremont Williams got his on the very first snap of the game. And rookie Josh Jackson got his on the second snap of the second half, showing some pretty good balance on that catch and run. Yeah, I just want to make sure I ain't step out of bounds, so I was trying to, trying to score. It's my mama's birthday today, so I told her I was going to get one first. 
Happy birthday, Mrs. Jackson. That was really cool. That was kind of neat to yeah. give mom the birthday present. And he had a nice punt return as well. Yeah, 41-yarder. Yeah, well set up play there. And Reggie Gilbert, well, he led the rush parade with two and a half sacks and three more hurries. We did a good job as a defense uh, trying to get after the quarterback a little bit. And guys on the back end, they definitely buy some time for us. I feel like it worked vice versa and paid off for us tonight. All right. lot right. Yeah, a little bit wrong. Fix that up. It happens. Got two more to go. The Raiders Friday night. The Chiefs next Thursday night. And away they go. Week three is when you typically see more of your starting quarterback. Uh, you're starting it's going to be an atypical ones. week three. Yes, it uh, will because be. Because yeah. some of the reasons we talked about. I don't think Rodgers is going to get snaps. Yeah. If any, he didn't take any number one snaps today. Brett Hundley ran with the ones. And we talked about the offensive line. Talked about all of the moving parts. I still think it's going to be a much more evaluation game three than a dress rehearsal for the starters game three than we've seen in the past. That could be. All right, we'll find out. All right, so much for the preliminaries. we got to get him on, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, the new general manager of the Packers, Brian Gutekunst, will be stepping up on stage. We welcome our listeners from Sheboygan and Wausau and those viewing streaming on those Midwest communication radio stations. We are live from the Stadium View, the brand new Stadium View on Holmgren Way. Great place to come any night of the week. Yeah, always great music outside here at the yeah, Stadium View. start tonight. Logan Spicer, he is playing tonight from 6 to 9.30. He was here last week. Yeah. He sounds like a recording artist. He's uh, really, yeah, really caught good. caught him strumming on the way out. He's really good. Stop in before or after practices here at the Stadium View. Enjoy it. Double bubble all night tonight and then Tuesday through Friday. Music in the Beer Garden. They always have those events. Play bingo with a DJ every Wednesday, 6 to 9. And watch the Packers play this Friday night. They give away shots with every touchdown. <laughs> oh, boy. It's Wisconsin. Thursday night must what have do you been want? crazy with uh, Touchdowns equal shots I in guess. Wisconsin. All right. Hey, we're going to have a good time because Goody is next. Don't go away. The fifth quarter returns right after this timeout. Live from the Stadium View Bar and Grill, here are Mark Daniels and Matt Z. All right, welcome back, everybody, and it's good to be with you. Week two of the preseason. Tradition that started uh, way back with uh, Ronald Wolf when he was running the show, and it continued with Theodore. Ted Thompson did it every year he was general manager. But on January... This fellow assumed the position for the Green Bay Packers. After 20 years in the organization as a scout, director of player personnel, he ascended the role of general manager, the 10th GM in Green Bay Packer history, and I'm proud to introduce him and really glad he can continue on as a, as a summer visit uh, from the leader of the pack. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Gutekunst. Hey, Gut. Thanks, Mark. Woo! Appreciate it. Thanks glad for coming it. over. Really appreciate it. Uh, nice to have you and uh, the family here. And I want to say hi to your dad, John, uh, the former Gopher head coach, made it over tonight to watch as well. Yeah, no, it's glad, glad he's here. We watched a little film today, watched a little practice. So it's been a, it's been a good day. You have dad watch some film with you? Yeah, he's got some opinions. I bet he does. <laughs> I bet he does. Wait, wait, wait. How are his opinions different than your actual paid coaching staff? Oh, uh, significant at times, sure. Yeah, yeah I know, right. but uh, that's, uh, I don't get a chance to do this very often, so that was really kind of nice the last couple of days to sit down and watch a little tape. So that's that's kind of cool. cool. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of cool. Has it been a whirlwind six, seven months for you? Yeah, a little bit, um, although, you know, especially during the time, during the draft and free agency, that time's always a whirlwind, so we kind of just put our head down, and um, it really wasn't much different than it had been, with the exception of just kind of having to make the decision myself. But... Um, uh, as we've kind of gotten into training camp and stuff like that, it's uh, there's a routine that's kind of set in place, and 
things are starting to become more normal. Having been here with Ron, he's the one who hired you, having yes. been here through Ted's tenure, uh, you obviously had a real feel for how this was going to go, and have you kind of followed that same blueprint? And if not, how are you kind of striking out on your own in this position? Sure, I think um, the foundation of our scouting principles have stayed the same, and the foundation of our process really has stayed the same. I think um, we've tweaked some things we always have. Ted did things a little different than Ron did, and I'll do things a little bit different than, than either one of those guys did. But I've learned a lot from both those guys, and as well as many others that have come through the Packer organization. Uh, and I've kind of made it my own now. Uh, the group we have now, along with uh, John Wojciechowski, John Eric Sullivan, and many others, you know, we're going to kind of make this thing our own and uh, move forward. And uh, But the, the foundational principles of how we go about scouting will stay the same. The departures of Elliot Wolf and Alonzo Highsmith both going to Cleveland, were they, let's put it to my, were they not unexpected mm -hmm. in some regard? Um, Elliot certainly was a candidate. Alonzo was considered. Job went to you. Uh, did you kind of figure there, that that might happen? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you know, Alonzo actually left before right. everything went True. down, so that was a, a little different. Um, but uh, you know, with Elliot, yeah, I was probably expected. Um, both those guys, very close friends of mine, uh, worked with them for a long time, and it was a little bittersweet to, to not be able to continue this journey with them. Um, but you know, we kept the rest of our staff intact, and we added some really nice new pieces, and um, you know, we're excited where we're headed with them. How about the whole organizational structure. We had Mark Murphy on last week. He talked about the silos. He talked about uh, the, the lines of communication, uh, much more open, free-flowing. Uh, can you just give your thoughts on that and how that seems to be going so far? It's been great. Really? Um, I think you know the one unique thing about me coming into this role, um, where, which is unique to this position, is the fact that uh, I've been here for 19 years. And I've worked with most all of these guys for a long time, so the relationships were already there. Usually when a new GM takes over, it's a completely different um, set of people, maybe that they don't know. Um, and there's a, there's a time frame that takes to get to know those people and trust them. Um, so the relationships were already in place, and the communication, I think, between uh, the four of us, you know, Russ Ball, Mark Murphy, and uh, obviously Mike McCarthy has been excellent. All right, Z, what do you got? Uh, talk about a little bit of the interview hiring process for the GM job with the Packers. What was that like for you? Kind of walk us through how that all unfolded. Sure. So I had been uh, fortunate enough to be able to interview for a couple other general manager jobs along the way. So it wasn't my first go around through it. Um, but it is a little um, different when you're sitting across from someone you, you have a long relationship with. And a lot of the people that I talked to uh, for the Green Bay interview, obviously I had worked side by side with on some things. So. That was a little different. Um, you never really know um, how it goes. You know how you feel about it, but you don't know how they feel. Um, and I was on a plane the next day headed to Houston. So um, it, was, it was a little bit of a whirlwind weekend, um, but I couldn't have been happier getting back here. Uh, me and my family just feel really blessed to be able to stay in the Green Bay area and, and continue <laughs> to raise our children. And uh, obviously uh, we've, we've been with the Packers for a long time and uh, would like to continue to be. Yeah, I mean, you interviewed with the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo, Green Bay. <laughs> I say Green Bay, but that's yes. just. But me. what? Was, you were in Houston, right? I was in Houston. Yeah, yeah you were ready to go there, yeah, and uh, so, yeah, yeah. Good thing you didn't forget no, to pack like your cell phone. We we feel exceptionally blessed uh, to be here. So. How did you How did you celebrate when you found out you are now the GM of the Green Bay Packers? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we have yet. Um, oh no. Yeah. So. Um, it was a long journey back the day after, and then obviously the press conference the next day. So there's a lot of things to be done. Um, but I think, you know, me and my wife, you know, took a few minutes every once in a while to like 
Save the party till this really happened? Save the party till the fifth Lombardi gets. Uh, that sounds like a good plan. That building. sounds like a good plan. Yeah, why yeah. not? Why so, not? In terms of your job, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Yeah. Well, I'll say, um, obviously, I have a scouting background. That's what I've done all my life. Um, I've been around football since you know the day I was born. Um, so that's that's my strength is the football part of it. Um, scouting in particular, college scouting even more particular. Um, but uh, you know, the, I think some of the, the more managerial pieces of it is new to me. Um, but at the same time, I'm a pretty open person, and I think the relationships I have in the building have kind of, um, you know, made that an easier transition than it would be for some people. Son of a coach. Did he try to steer you into coaching? You tried just briefly yeah. at it? Yeah. No, he never tried to steer me into anything. I think he just wanted me to follow something that I loved and maybe find something <laughs> I was good at, you know, so, which took was a challenge. But, uh, um, no, it, you know, I think um, – Coaching profession is a tough profession, uh, and um, uh, the football life in general can be tough. But uh, I kind of developed a, a passion for competition and, and football in general um, pretty early, and uh, it was just uh, it was an easy transition um, trying to find something that that I like to do and could get paid at. So. so you dove right in your first free agent signing, Joel Boano. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's the leading rusher for this team. I think he is. I think he I is. I think he is. Yeah. Uh, That's because Brian's a genius. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's it. Boy, he can find those kids. Yes. I tell you what, what is Bologna up to? Yeah, yeah 24 for 66. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah. But we'll get there. Uh, but no, uh, you you did dive in. Uh, Jimmy Graham, uh, you know, Muhammad Wilkerson, yeah. uh, Tremont Williams coming back. Uh, all three guys who have been all pro. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, as we as we uh, sat down with the staff and started to get into free agency, you know, we wanted to be really, really active and we wanted to kind of, you know, let the NFL, the agents, the players know that we were going to be active. Um, we hadn't been so much in the past and uh, we wanted to make sure that they understood that this was something real. Um, so I was really proud of our staff, the guys, the way they attacked it. Uh, we were in a lot of conversations about a lot of things um, and when the right uh, opportunities presented themselves. Uh, I think we were ready and able to pull the trigger. We felt prepared to do so. Mercedes Lewis is another one. Okay, and you were here uh, with the Joe Philbin, Mike McCarthy offense with a dynamic to Michael Finley tight end, and what that did to the overall picture was sure. that in your mind? Is that if we can get this position to a real position of strength, it will open up the entire field, sideline to sideline, and forty yards down? Right. I think we've always felt, specifically, yeah. Mike has always felt. That with the rules in the NFL right now, the middle of the field is open. And um, obviously when we had your Michael Finley, we exploited that pretty well. Um, and we just wanted, I thought, we thought that was important. We also thought it was important to have a kind of a bigger wide tight end on the line of scrimmage uh, for the run game and pass blocking as well. Um, to add two guys, former pro bowlers, uh, who have both been dynamic in their careers, uh, I thought was important, but equally as important was the locker room guys. These guys are, are wired exactly the way that we want them um, to kind of help lead our football team where we want to go. So, um, yeah, so far so good. They've looked really good in camp, and I think they add, they add a different dimension than what we've had in the past. I don't want to, you know, crossed wires can really be disrupted. I, I'll just throw out a Des Bryant, okay? You visited Cleveland, and it wasn't going to happen this weekend. But that really is important to you to make sure. We all know Tremont Williams, and we heard – I've heard uh, – when Stacey Dales was here for the NFL Network, she told me Mercedes Lewis is one of the best locker room guys the Jaguars have ever had. That is a big, big component to this. 
There's no doubt. This, you know, it, we're, we're trying to build, build a team. Teams win championships, not individual players. So I think you know it's really important that uh, that you have those guys in the locker room, and they got to be able to play. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, I think as you know, you have a nucleus of players who are always going to be young the way the CBA is set up. And I think it's important to have Tremont Williams, Mercedes Lewis, Jimmy Graham, Devontae Adams is emerging into one of those roles, Mike Daniels, guys like that who can kind of lead your team where it needs to go. And um, we were happy to add those guys. It's always a different dimension when they come into your locker room from other places. Um, but so far, it's been an excellent. I've been in that locker room yep. since they got Very here, Brian. And yeah, yep. they do. They, it is seamless. They, they fit right in, and it looks like they've been a part of it for a couple of years already. It really does. Yeah. I yeah. get that feeling. Yeah, and you know, and, and more importantly, they, they, they can really play. You know, and I think that's <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, you know, it's like you, you know, it's one thing to be a good leader, but if you can't play, it's going to be a tough transition for yeah. you with the other players. Right, Matt. Uh, you took over for Ted Thompson, obviously. Talk about the relationship you have with Ted, what yeah. he meant to you through this process, and kind of grooming you for this position sure yeah so I, you know I, I actually when I was hired by Ron Ted was here he hadn't left for Seattle yet uh, so that was my first exposure I actually got probably closer to Ted when he was in Seattle and then just felt it was a blessing when he came back to run the organization um, he's been such a unbelievable mentor and friend to me during my career uh, specifically the the last six years that I've lived in Green Bay and been with him every day um, so to be able to kind of get an opportunity to, to do something you've kind of prepared for all your career, but then have the guy who kind of mentored you, you know, still in the building right next to you, helping you through these new things is, um, yeah, I just, I can't explain it. He's in your ear, but not over your shoulder, right? No, not at all. Yeah. And if, for those of you that knew, know Ted, he never would be. No, that's, yeah, just not, well, that's not his yeah, personality. We've had plenty of experience with Ted. Yeah. You've seen him at work in this building, yeah. this room, so. You know, and, and for the most part, it's usually me going to him and asking yeah. him, hey, have you been in this situation? What did you do here? What did you do there? Every once in a while, he'll pull me aside and say, hey, kid, don't don't forget about this. You know, and it's, but like I said, it's, um, it's the, and the best part about it too is just the influence he has on all our other scouts and personnel guys, some of our coaches. Um, he's very, very still much in the building and has a very positive impact. Well, yeah, like I said, you you saw Ted at work on this show. In fact, we're part of his posse that came down here every year and sat in the <laughs> back and ran up the you big. Can't, you can't prove that. Yeah, ran yeah. up the big tab yeah. uh, for the. Uh, for the you guys came for the chicken wings and Bud Light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they came like out I with. Said, the... I don't think there's any proof of that. <laughs> no so, proof. you spent years making recommendations on players, scouting players, putting all of those things together. What was it like for you when you actually got to select your first player, make a decision as the GM? Yeah. Um, well, you know, we, we had so many so fast. Obviously, in free agency, um, there was so much work to be done, and, and there was a lot of players we were in on and it didn't happen, and there was other ones that we did. Uh, but if you're talking about the draft yeah. sp specifically, yeah. um, you know, I've been a college scout most of my life, so that was kind of a bit of a dream come true. Um, but the, I think the neatest part about it was um, I really felt good about the work that the staff and I did. Um, and when you feel that prepared about your board, um, it was really enjoyable. You know, like you just felt like we just felt we really had a handle on the board, on the players that were on the board. And um, I think that made it a lot of fun. Uh, I think we really helped our football team. And um, it, it was just, you know, I, ho I hope that every time I – going to the draft that I feel that prepared. It's amazing how much hand-wringing goes on before the draft, right. and then you and Ted and everyone else said, well, you know, once the draft, it just flows, and mm -hmm. it, it is a lot easier than it appears. And I'll tip the cap. I mean, you trade down, you trade up, you get Jair, you get a number one next year. Yeah. Got a bunch of receivers that are running around making plays. It's... Uh, 
Yeah, it take, you know, always obviously it takes a while to see if these guys can really turn into true professionals right. and, and have the impact that we want them to have with the Packers. But, um, you know, I think their, their early outlook is good, and they, I really like the way they're competing, uh, the way they're working to become professionals. It doesn't happen overnight. I like the way they gravitate to the, the older players and, and are trying to perfect their craft. So um, that's been exciting. It's been, um, you know, again, we got a long way to go. They have a long way to go, but the attitude and the effort has been uh, really good. Long way to go. you got to cut that roster in a couple of weeks. <laughs> it's not much time at all. We're going to take a break when we come back. Much more with Packer General Manager Brian Gutekunst. We're live from the Stadium View. Fifth quarter returns right after this. All right, welcome back, everybody. Stadium View, halfway through, we got to get to uh, our fun and games department. You know how this works, the hot and cold play of the day presented by Robinsons. You guessed the hot play of the game from Thursday night. You're taking home a prize tonight, and you'll also be qualified for our grand prize at the end of the season. A pair of indoor club seats to that Packers finale against the Kitty Cats from Motown. So line them up. And let's see if we can't find the hot play of the day. All right. Hot first. play from Thursday night. lot to choose from. We got Roger up first. Roger, what's your guess? Uh, Williams uh, pick six. 13 seconds in the Which one? Tremont's pick six. Tremont's pick? You can't have a hot play in the first. Yes, you can have a hot play. <laughs> the very first offensive snap. Tremont stepped in front of Darius Hayward Bay. He swiped young Mason Rudolph's pass. Jogged in 25 yards for a touchdown. Just a routine play. You know, you, you know, first 15 plays, you're going to get a lot of different looks um, from diff from teams so they can see what your adjustments will be. Um, it just so happened the first look that we got was an empty look. Most times, most teams um, run quick game out of empty looks because if you run a lot of blitzes, then they know they got to get the ball out quick. And I just was aware of that, and I was just ready to make a play at that point. Tremont Williams, an easy one. Roger, you're in. Congrats. Well done. Take your prize home tonight, and we'll do the cold play a little bit later on. From the hot play to the hot topic with the Packer general manager, Brian Gutekunst, and that is number 12, uh, Brian. And before we kind of delve into the conversation, and I know you're kind of not going to just be uh, real forthcoming on everything that's going on, Aaron uh, was interviewed and was on the Wilde and Taos show on ESPN uh, Milwaukee and Madison today, and he had some very thoughtful comments about the whole process. And uh, we'll begin with this one. Aaron saying his new contract extension is not, is not top of mind. The beauty in, in, uh, in telling the truth is it's easy. So when I say the locker, at my locker, I'm here now and I'm focused on the team it's not fluff. It's not BS. It's look when I'm when I'm here at the stadium and I'm working, I'm d tuned into the locker room. I'm tuned into the meeting rooms. I'm tuned into practice field. I'm tuned into how the chemistry's coming together. I'm tuned into how guys are settling into their roles in this team and figuring out where they fit in and seeing their personalities come out and how this all gels together and what guys to encourage and raise up in their leadership and what guys, you know, I need to bring along slowly. What guys need to get on. I'm, that's what I'm what I care about. The other stuff is is for Dave. You know, and I've said it every time because it's not BS. It's the truth. Dave handles my contract. Obviously, it's important to me. Obviously, I'd love to finish my career here, but I'm busy right now. I'm being a leader on this team. I'm, I'm focused on being the quarterback of the team. And if nothing gets done, it won't change anything because all I'm worried about right now is playing ball. Um, if something does get done, that's fantastic. It's great. Aaron Rodgers talking about where it stands right now, Brian, and I'm sure you're encouraged by that. He is 
immersed yeah. in leading this team right now. Yeah, there's no doubt. I think anybody who's been out at training camp on a regular basis can see he's laser focused. Um, you know, it's, I think he's doing a great job. He looks in excellent shape. And uh, I think everybody, you know, is, is really eager to get to the regular season uh, to see what he can do. Um, he, he's, and he's, he's handling it exactly the right way. You know, he's handling his business and letting David, um, you know, take care of the, the contract part of it, just like we're letting Russ Ball, you know, take, ever, take care of it from our end. So um, I think the nice thing is both parties want the same thing. We want Aaron to be here for a long time and, and finish his career as a Packer. And uh, usually when that's the case, it's just a matter of time before that happens. Do you feel the external pressures from outside the building to get this resolved? Only when asked about it, you really? know, but but not 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 a lot. Um, like I said, I think it's again, it's been a really good open dialogue and conversation between the Packers and Aaron's representation. And um, at no time has it been, you know, has there been any hiccups. So I really feel good about the way we're going and, um, you know, with the possibilities that could get done. One more from Aaron. I want you to listen to Brian and get your reaction. As for the negotiations themselves, Aaron said he knows it takes two to tango. If you ask the team about the last deal that we did, and you ask me, both sides are happy, right? They paid me a lot of money, and they never had a major salary cap year, right? A year that other quarterbacks have had, Breeze has had, and Flacco's had, and these guys where you have 28, 29, 30 million against the cap. That's key. Right? That's never happened in my contract. So, in both our opinions, we've been able to still add guys to the mix and have a competitive team and from my standpoint you know they pay me a ton of money and i'm you know super extremely financially blessed and very happy if we do another deal that obviously is the goal i don't think they're trying they would want to you know nickel and dime me and i'm not trying to screw them you know this is a partnership that's the only the only way this is going to work and the best way things work in this situation is that we're in this thing together. And if they make that financial commitment, that's what they're saying. And also there's an expect expectation that you're going to play well. And then that's my side of the bargain. He used the word bargain loosely, I think. But <laughs> it is a partnership. And the point he brought up, Brian, and there is a whole 52 and 10 more on the practice squad that you've got to juggle into this thing called the salary cap to make it all fit. Yeah, I think, you know, Aaron Aaron had it exactly right in his comments. I mean, um, yeah, this is it's a team game, and we're trying to win a championship, and um, he's a huge, important part of that. So, um, you know, he's been through this before. He's very wise with, with, with his words, and I think, uh, you know, again, I think, um, you know, the organization uh, sees it very, very similarly. You have no timetable, right? No, no, I do not. All right. You have them for two. Franchise tag, would you be willing to wield that? Oh, you know what? I, I don't think we would ever – we we want to get an extension done with Aaron. Aaron right. And I think Aaron does as well. So, I don't. we're not thinking about it in those terms. We're just diligently kind of working towards that extension, and I think, uh, you know, that'll get done. I think those things are, um, you know, not in any kind of play at this time. You know? All right. See? Uh, Want to switch gears a little bit? <laughs> what was it like growing up a coach's kid? Oh, uh, it, it was a blessing. I mean, you know, to be be around, um, the, you know, the game of football, being in locker rooms on the field. I had two younger brothers, and, uh, you know, it was just uh, 
was very fortunate to be around some things that uh, maybe most kids don't get to be around. Um, you know, coaches work hard. They work long, work long hours. So there is some time missed, but at the same time, the, the quality of time you get with your family and, you know, living and dying on Saturdays and going to games and things like that. That was a pretty unique way to grow up and uh, was just, yeah, blessed. blessed to be able to do was that. there always film in the house? I can. I actually have very early memories of uh, being in the living room. I think it was eight millimeter tape, right, Dad? Was uh, it eight millimeter? I think it was eight millimeter tape, kind of you know rolling <laughs> and him kind of splicing things together, watching tape. Um, so I, I, you know, we've gone from that to beta tape. Oh to Now it's all obviously all digital, and and uh, the technology certainly has changed. But I can actually remember that as a kid. So did did he teach you to take notes, what to look for? I mean, was he kind of helping you along the way even as a kid just kind of here's what i'm looking for i think he was just trying to make sure i get out got in on time and wasn't yeah. screwing up and not doing things <laughs> I, I don't think he was worried about that i think being around it like i was able to be around it um you couldn't help but just kind of take certain things in about the game and then you know my path just i mean i've just been blessed along the way i got to play uh, college football at the university of wisconsin lacrosse where roger herring and roland christensen were there and you know, those guys were legends in the Division Three level. Uh, learned so much there. And then, you know, to be able to come an intern with Ron Wolf, and then, you know, eventually get, you know, a job in Kansas City Did with John Did you know John? Schneider. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so I went with, you know, John Schneider to Kansas City for about eight months. Came back. You know, Ron hired me back here. And uh, then, obviously, all these years with Ted. And, um, you know, just along the way, the John Dorseys and the Reggie McKenzies and the Scott McLuhans and all these guys that had such a wealth of experience in, uh, in football has just um, prepared me so, so well I'm, for, you ha for You now. probably just soaked that all in, but you still have to have a natural eye for talent. What strikes you about a player? That's got to be kind of from within, isn't it? Yeah. You just have that feeling? Yeah, I think there, there's obviously so many different things, but I think the one thing that uh, – or one, maybe more than one thing, but uh, I think instincts and then toughness. And when I say toughness – it's not just physical toughness, but there's a mental toughness to it. But I think um, those are the things that I think that uh, sometimes go unnoticed. It's not always the size or the speed, but uh, you know the instincts to be able to react fast. And then, the, and the, this is a hard game. It's a hard game to play day in and day out. There's a physical toughness nature you have to have, and also a mental toughness. And I think those are the things that um, all of our scouts, I think, you know, it's those are the things we're looking for. We're talking to people about how they have, they were in college. I think it's a really important part. So of you, we if you went to Vatek and you know North Carolina or whatever, you, you get a sense of mental toughness by watching you, the physical stuff. You is obvious how they play. Sure, I think there's a I think there's a little wired. bit of what we call that we might call tape DNA, where how they play the game and 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 you know that shows a little bit of that physical or mental toughness. Okay. But it's also talking to their coaches, talking to the people that they've been with for the last four or five years and how they've overcome adversity and, and, and how they face challenges. I think you know, our scouts do such a great job, and that's why you know a guy like me is so reliant on our scouts on the ground and the information that they gather because um, you know the best way to know a player's future is to study his history. You know, So um, yeah, that's kind of how we go about it. Uh, it's not a, an exact science, and there's certainly a lot of uh, factors that go into whether they're successful or not, but those are a couple of the things. All right. You mentioned you played football at lacrosse a couple of years there, then you get an injury, right? Right. Then you coach with lacrosse. You were linebackers coach in 1995 for their national championship team. Yeah. What was that experience like for Salem, you? Salem, Virginia. Yeah, well, I kind of was just assisting Roland Christensen at the time, <laughs> and as the season went along, I got a little bit more involved. But 
Yeah, my, my few years coaching there was a phenomenal experience. Um, we had a JV team, so I headed that up as the head JV coach. And it was just a when you're when you're coaching in that level, you, there's so many things you have to do because you don't have a big support system. So you really kind of get it from every angle. And like I said, I wouldn't trade that time for anything. Um, lacrosse is a really fun place to be. Yes, it is. And, it is. Uh, but good it was college a, town. Yeah, but we were <laughs> we were really really good at the time, and um, we actually I think had seven or eight guys go to pro camps from that little small school. So um, it was a, it was a great time, and um, really kind of started to kind of you know that's where I kind of thought I could do this as a career. All right. What was your first job in the NFL? First, you know, I, I interned really briefly. The Saints used to come to um, to uh, lacrosse. They train in lacrosse, yeah. So I had a couple the weeks there. League. Yeah, I had a couple weeks there. And then obviously I interned in uh, Green Bay in 1997 training camp. But I would say the first real job that I had was in Kansas City um, in 1998. Uh, Marty Schottenheimer was the head coach. Carl Peterson was the general manager. The reason I got there was because the guys in Green Bay had recommended me to John Schneider. And uh, so I got, I got about eight months. That was my first season there. Uh, again, a great learning experience. We had they were coming off a 13 and three year. Everybody expected them to go to the Super Bowl. We brought in a lot of guys that were questionable character guys, and it, it turned into a dismal seven and nine season. So I learned a lot about locker room and what matters yeah, chemistry. That season. Yeah, chemistry class right yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. very and then, good. And then immediately right after that season, I was back in Green Bay. All right. So, Why, with your dad being a coach. Why didn't you want to go the coach's route? Why did you go scouting route? It wasn't something that I set out to do. It's just something as I coached those couple of years of lacrosse and started to try to figure out what I was going to do. Um, I was also a very good bartender. Ah, so that was go. the other option. Stadium uh, view, are you listening? All right. <laughs> I see they're hiring outside. Hey, yes, I saw. Apply with him. Um, <laughs> might have to shake off the rust. But, yeah. uh, but, as long uh, as you can pour Jägermeister, yeah, nobody yeah, cares. You know, you know, John Dorsey called me while I actually was tending bar for a wedding offering me an internship and again i didn't know a whole lot about scouting but i thought it was something i couldn't pass up yep. and once i started doing it it just uh it led to bigger things and it was something i really felt passionate about and that grew as you know the more i did it and now so. you're sitting in the chair right next to us here at the stadium here we got to take a break how this whole 2018 squad is going to get put together we'll cover that in one more segment with packer general manager brian gutekus when the fifth quarter returns right after this timeout. Here are Mark Daniels and Matt Z. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, everybody. Gia Brian Gutekunst, our guest tonight. One more segment with him. But before we get to that, we got to find a cold play winner. You got the hot play. What was the cold play from the win over the Steelers last Thursday night? Who you got in line, Z? Lyle is first up. Lyle, Lyle what do you got? Guess? Montgomery's fumble. Yeah, boy. That was about, yeah, yeah. That was the only really, really chilly one. Packers were up 14 three minutes into the game, but in a span of 46 seconds, in the first quarter, Pittsburgh tied it up with a pair of touchdowns. Sandwiched around that cold play, ties fumble kickoff return. Sparing Ty's explanation of what happened, we turn back again to Tremont Williams, who talked about those two quick Pittsburgh scores. They just start running the ball. One of the things you got to go back and, and look at, you know, you start off the game so quick, get two quick touchdowns, and then um, it don't look like it. Shield looks all of a sudden for a couple series. So, the most definitely, that's one of the things that we preach about all the time. Um, they're not in the end zone until they're in the end zone. No matter what it is, sudden change, whether it's on the one yard line or whether it's, you know, uh, on uh, our side of the ball, we got to get the stop. We just got more work to do, and which is a good thing. 
A very good thing. All right, yeah. Made mistakes, gave up the one touchdown after the fumble, made some mistakes, gave up a touchdown. Uh, but they learned some valuable lessons about adversity defense. And this guy, Brian, we talked a little bit about him. He is awesome in the locker room. I really missed him dealing with the media. He's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, Tremont's a true pro. There's no doubt about it. He's also a really good player. Yeah, and I think still got it. I think at 35, yeah, he's just one of those uh, freaks that kind of the you know as he gets older, you know his flexibility, his quickness, his speed, just hasn't really gone away. Plus, obviously, the experience is just uh, is something that uh, he's going to help us. All right, you got two games to go, two public practices, a couple of walkthroughs, uh, non-padded uh, to figure out who stays, who goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a. Uh, you know, we like to we we try not to you know jump the gun too early and start to make decisions too early. There's still two more preseason games to go, and some practices. So it's all important. Uh, when we get to to the end of it, we'll get together as a staff and and um, try to make the best decision for the Packers. It's never an easy time. It's really tough. These guys have put in so much work and um, you know sacrificed so much to to be here. Uh, it's never a good day to have to let those guys go. Um, but it's just a necessary part of the business. Um, it is. Uh, and you're really running the revolving running back door, thanks to Devontae Mays' hamstring, Jamal Williams, a little nicked up. And it came Judd's retirement on yeah. the weekend. Uh, yeah. Talk about curveballs. Yeah. I was joking with the offensive staff that they're, they're, they're working them too hard in practice. If you're <laughs> really? But, uh, yeah. You know, football, again, I, I mentioned it earlier, football's a tough game. It's a hard game. And I think uh, if, if guys, if your heart's not in it, you're, you're probably not going to be there very long. So. We're seeing more and uh, three this year. Yeah. You had the linebacker. You had Michael Clark. Now this. Yeah. Uh, is there something to that? Did Chris Borland kind of open up a can of worms when he was so openly talking about, I want to be able to walk and talk when I'm 30? And he gave it up quick. Yeah, that, that, that's a tough question. Um, I think there's some misconceptions out there that might be uh, – steering some things maybe the wrong direction but um i think these situations we had this year are a little unique um but i I still think that uh overall that uh um the passion to play the game is is still out there and i don't i I hope that's not a trend but i uh, I haven't seen it yet i think what we saw this year is is not you know i think it's just unique to each guy's situation a very concerned listener here in our crowd came up and talked about the offensive line you haven't had the preferred five start a snap i don't think together in camp uh you've had the backups now playing byron bell has to go to guard after he's been working on uh, do you, is there a sense of dishevelment there or is 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 this should settle down. Brian is working his way back. I know Lane Taylor is going to get back. Uh, and Justin McCray, I don't think, was serious. But, again, it's not a whole lot of time together at a position that has to play together. Sure. I, I think um, – no, I don't – I wouldn't, you know, use the, for the term dishevelment or anything like that. I think, you know, it, it's good for our guys to cross-train and have some versatility inside and out. And uh, certainly guys have had an opportunity to play more than, um, you know, uh, with other guys than they have in the past. But at some point, you would like to get you know five guys healthy, and uh, you know getting enough snaps under each, their, under their belt to move forward. Unfortunately, in the NFL, that's a very rare thing. Uh, so um, yeah, these guys are pros; they're working uh, the best they can. But I think uh, over the next two preseason games, we'll kind of start to see uh, how it's going to play out. All right, how can you possibly cut Jay Kumaro, Brian? <laughs> this Jake, guy's been fantastic. Yeah, he's had an outstanding camp. It's really unfortunate the injury that he that he had in uh, in last week's game, but he's um, he's taken uh, every <laughs> he's made the most of every opportunity that he's been given, and um, you know he's a he's a Division three. He's a WEAC guy. Yeah, but I he's know, a, it's but a soft he's a, spot for but you. But he's a Whitewater guy. Oh, well, all right. Uh, well, that's know, that's uh, 
But uh, <laughs> so when he goes to stout, he sticks. White water, yeah, thanks. No, but uh, no, he's he like I said, he's made some, the most out of his opportunities, and um, you know he's he's had a little couple things that through his career that have held held him back. But this year, you really see him take off. See. Got any roster tidbits for him? Before you were GM, you could kind of hide in the background. Fans probably didn't really approach you all that often. Now you're the GM. You're the face. Every decision you make, especially in this town, overanalyzed. Are you ready for fan interactions in the grocery stores and at restaurants, especially if you don't get off to a hot start? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's ever ready for that stuff. I think the one nice thing is, um, you know, I've lived in this community for, for the six years now. Yeah. A lot of the places that I go on a regular basis, whether it be volleyball games, soccer games, baseball games, the people that are there know me already. They've seen me there for the last six years. So um, that's pretty normal. I think, you know, some of it's a little different. Um, but, you know, I don't. I don't have the uh, dashing good looks that Ted Thompson had where everybody recognized him. Yeah, so right. I'm able to, Not I'm yet. Able, give it time. Give it I'm, time. I'm able to hide a little easier no, like, maybe than some. Yeah. <laughs> now, if my wife was at the show, she'd say, what are you doing with Jordy? You know? Yeah. She'd recognize you and bring that those are the tough calls, aren't they? Yeah. They really are. Well, I'm glad your wife's not here. So yeah, that's, that's I know. Thing. We'll spare that one. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, it's, it's it's the NFL, and there's going to be tough decisions every every you know year, every every week. Uh, it's not easy. Um, to see a player of Jordy's stature and someone we cared about so much that you know, have to go, is that's not something you ever want to do, but we, we always have to make decisions that are best for our football team moving forward, and, uh, and we will always do that. If we feel that's the best route, we will do it. Fans have got to get the bigger picture mm-hmm. kind of in mind, don't they? I mean, yeah, they just do. And yeah. in some instances, so do we, the media. And we live in a social media world. Do you have a Twitter account? I do not. Okay, good. good for you. Yes. Stay off of Twitter. Yes. <laughs> as far as you know, I do not. Yeah. Especially during the football season. Yes. I was going to say, that has got to get to people. Just that, the hatred and the anger for all these little things. It's always, it's a thing with players we always ask. Yeah. But if you, you stay away from that, that's yeah, I don't good think, for you. I don't think you can worry about that stuff. I will say, you know, you, you kind of get in, you know, tunnel vision and you don't really know what's going on. I know after... We've moved back in the draft. Um, again, I had no idea, um, but I guess people weren't really happy with me as I moved back yeah, in the draft. Fair, right? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And, um, <laughs> you know, by the time I had heard any of that, we had moved up, drafted, got another pick. So, yeah, I, I think we got enough on our plate to do to work than to worry about those kind of things. Um, you know, some wise people once told me, you know, if uh, – if you win, it'll take care of itself, and if you lose, it'll take care of itself, right. and nothing else really matters. <laughs> One more for you, Brian. How can this team get back to where it has been? Playoffs eight years in a row, Super Bowl now, unfortunately, a few years removed. What's got to happen? they gotta, they got to come together as a team. You know, um, That's going to be really important. Uh, you know, Health is a big factor in that as well. Um, but um, you know, I think the biggest thing is you know, there's always going to be adversity in an NFL season how they how they step up to that challenge how they overcome it how they handle the success that they'll have um those will be some of the keys to get us getting where we want to go um i'm pretty confident we got the guys in that building to do it um and we're looking forward to the season we're looking forward to that first game against chicago well, i was really looking forward to this evening and you did not disappoint a home run uh, brian it was an awesome uh chance to visit with you and meet with some fans here tonight did a great job appreciate it hope you can do it again sometime yeah thanks mark it's uh like i said i've been coming here for the last six or seven years i just never had to talk so. all right you're on this side of the table now yeah, well yeah. done ladies and gentlemen big round of applause for packers general manager brian gutekunst we come back we'll wrap things up don't go away fifth quarter returns right after this 
Here are Mark Daniels and Matt Z. Thanks to Brian Gutekunst. Next Monday night, we're back after the Packers and the Raiders. Until then, so long, everybody. Bye, everybody.